Hey everyone, my name is Maggie Tang. And I'm Elena Cho. And welcome to Gourmand, a show set on empowering the next generation of food lovers and leaders. Today we're here with Alice Chen. She's the founder and CEO of Culinary Agents, a professional networking and job matching website for professionals in the food, beverage, and hospitality industry. Their growing community includes over 900,000 members and 28,000 businesses nationwide. The platform is dedicated to helping talent succeed in their careers within the hospitality industry. In this episode, we chat with Alice about the challenges and rewards of building culinary agents from the ground up, her 13-year career at IBM, and what she sees for the future of the industry. Let's dig in. Welcome to the show, Alice. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, we're so excited to have you. Um, So we typically start, and we wanted to do this day also, um, we're talking with our guests about their childhoods and upbringings and kind of how food came into play there. Oh, wow. Hit me with the hard questions first. (laughs) Um, Well, I'm I'm born and raised in New York, um, in the Manhattan area, and, you know, um, food. I'm Taiwanese background, first generation, and we love to eat. So I've always loved to eat. Um, I actually started working in the food uh, industry in a hotel um, as a busser and a bar back uh, and a host hostess um, in my high school years. Um, and I loved it. I loved, um, you know, the the teamwork. I loved the rush. I loved um, the highs and lows of, of uh, you know, serving folks. Um, and, uh, I love the financial reward of it. You know, I was able to, um, have a flexible schedule and really, um, get the best of both worlds while I was in, in high school. And, um, I, uh, moved to back to Manhattan when I was um, going to college and, uh, I realized I need, I needed a full-time job to pay my rent. And, um, and while I was going to school full-time at, at night, um, so I started working at IBM actually um, in the mailroom, and I progressed from there. Back in, I'm going to date myself now. <laughs> Back in 1999, um, you know, before um, you know 4G, um, <laughs> the uh, you know media and digital technology was new, um, and so I was working in a very exciting group within IBM that was working with the largest sports and marketing uh, and media companies on the future of unstructured content, so music video, um, distribution, protection, monetizing, um, again, pre-Napster and all this. And it was a super exciting area. Um, and, but I always loved going out to restaurants. All of my friends were, um, chefs and, and people that were pursuing, um, their career in the food world. So I stayed really close to that. Um, and I really enjoyed and continued to develop um, an increasing, an increased level of respect for the workers in the industry. Um, and when I transferred out to San Francisco with IBM to work uh, in um, in Silicon Valley, I brought that and built, uh, you know, brought my kind of love for connecting people around jobs and opportunities in the food space. Um, and increasingly, I realized that there were a lack of tools to support them with career development, with discovery, with just simply connecting them to potential employment opportunities. Um, and I kind of started thinking about, well, if I were to attack this problem, given what I know about the industry and given my experience in the technology world, what would that look like? Um, and so several years later, you know, Culinary Agents was born. Wow. Um, so we read that you were at IBM for 12 years. Is that right? Just about 13. Yeah. 13 oh, wow. solid. Lucky 13. <laughs> Yeah. Why did you decide to stay there that long and um, pursue that kind of that path after graduation? 
Yeah, well, that's a great question. Um, I actually went to school full time and I worked full time at IBM. So, um, you know, there really wasn't a difference between graduating college and just my day to day. Um, the opportunities, uh, actually, when I started at IBM, because I was a temp in the mailroom, uh, my intention was not to stay there long. Um, you know, uh, my, my little secret was I really, I was studying advertising and marketing and I really wanted to work for a major advertising firm but they wouldn't even let my let me in the door like, i couldn't even get like a mailroom job within an advertising agency um because i tried and um you know uh, ibm at the time was the largest client for one of the agencies that i wanted to work for so i was like well let me just get my foot in the door there get it on my resume and then go try to work at this other agency um and what what happened from there and it's a great kind of testament to just like figuring out where you want to go and just getting there somehow is um i did get a chance to work directly with the agencies but i was on the client side and that was really cool um as i was working uh, on really interesting projects at ibm i was getting promoted uh and um uh, you know presented these opportunities that really didn't exist anywhere else because we were at the cutting edge of helping these companies transform and leverage technology to, um, you know, build new business models, grow their companies. And, you know, this is like pre, I remember Google was like a tiny little <laughs> company and Yahoo and remember TiVo, you know, and it was just so exciting. And the more I was um, in it, the more opportunities I got. And, you know, I was, uh, it, sometimes you, you have to figure out what's best for you at that time, even if your goal, I always wanted to start my own business actually. Um, and the timing, I don't think is ever right, but there are certain times that are better than others. Um, and I personally navigated a career at IBM that was really unique and I was determined to um, gain experience in certain areas that I knew I needed to gain experience in and, um, and navigate myself into really cool opportunities. But I took all of those, I kind of joke around sometimes with my team where, um, uh, you know, cause you go from a giant company of like 400,000, you know, employees. And then I go into a straight up like startup where I was working out of my, you know, kitchen table for, um, you know, many, many months. And, uh, I used to joke around and be like, I have those, if you've ever watched the movie Slumdog Millionaire, I'm like, I have those moments where I'm like, I remember when I was in, you know, Paris and this happened and this is how I solved that problem. And I just, uh, I kind of laugh because I think you know, especially as you all are pursuing um, your careers in different areas, and there's so many different opportunities. Um, it's important to remember that even if what you're working on right now or that job opportunity or that's in front of you, it may not be exactly what you're looking for, but peeling back the layers and are, are you going to be able to learn things that are useful that you can take into the next thing that you do want to do? Like, will it help you get to the next step? And um, and if the answer is yes, then, hey, you know, gain the experience and move on. I was just saying, yeah, I love that advice. Um, and so kind of stemming from that, I guess you said you, you spoke about this a little bit and said you'd always kind of wanted to start your own company and there's never, you know, a perfect time to do that. But what what inspired you specifically to launch Culinary Agents and kind of what what inspired you to start it when you did? Yeah, I, you know, I always had uh, another reason why I stayed at IBM for so long is, is partially because I was proud that I started in the mailroom and I navigated this very 
um, you know, what I thought and what others thought was a very successful career in a very short amount of time, you know, back um, in, uh, you know, back in the day, <laughs> um, it was still, it was still expected and quite normal to stay at a company for, you know, 10, 15 years. Um, you know, a lot of graduates, their goal was to get their foot in the door at a company and stay there and retire from there. Right. Um, and so, you know, when I joined IBM and decided that I was going to get, you know, my experience and, and I was getting these experiences, um, I, uh, you know, I, I got to a point where I was like, well, I worked so hard to get here. Um, I don't want to leave. Um, and so uh, I think a couple of things happened. One was uh, I, I reached a point in my career where um, the next step would have taken me, you know, in a direction that I would have committed for X amount of more years to the company. Um, but I realized that the industry actually was changing so dramatically uh, and it wasn't changing in the way that I thought was benefiting the workers and the talent in the industry. Um, you know, you had, um, uh, you know, food media was was just, you know, Food Network and, and all this kind of new food celebrity thing was really just um, taking the industry, you know, uh, by storm and adding an extra layer of, you know, promotion slash um, visibility that, you know, 20 years ago, you know, chefs weren't really like rock stars and they work really hard, nothing changed there. And there's still a level of um, hard work and, and grit and resilience and all that that is an underlying, you know, requirement, I think, to work in the restaurant industry. Um, but all of a sudden they were like thrown into the spotlight and all of a sudden, you know, people were interested in going to culinary school in a different way than they were, you know, before that. Um, and then what followed, which was wonderful, where we are today, is all these different opportunities where people can start in one place, gain experience, and then take those skills and take it to another part of the industry where, you know, a long time ago, you kind of picked a path and you just tried to go, you know, far in that path and sometimes you would get stuck. Um, and so I saw a real need specifically with, you know, these, my personal network of chefs and sommeliers and servers and restaurant owners were just complaining about the lack of tools specifically around um, jobs, job marketing, you know, finding the right people with the right skills and giving them the opportunities, just wasting time and money, um, you know, with the wrong tools. And, you know, I really saw LinkedIn kind of, I was one of the earlier um, adopters because I was in uh, Silicon Valley when they first started. Mm -hmm. And uh, I watched that grow and evolve and I, and I benefited from it when I was at IBM. I used it as a sales tool. I used it to keep in touch with acquaintances that weren't like my friends that I wanted on, you know, what was the hottest thing Facebook back then. And, um, and it really served its purpose um, in the, you know, professional world that I think was really lacking in uh, the hospitality world. Um, and as we continue to evolve our platform, we've developed, we, we've focused on how do we, um, not only support the business side to make it efficient and cost-effective for them to promote their jobs and their employer brand and attract, um, you know, the right type of talent um, and a broad audience of talent. But how do we help talent actually discover the right jobs and the employers um, and market themselves in a way where they're not like bragging, but it's more factual. Like these are my skills. This is my experience. Um, and, this is what I'm interested in and then have that kind of project in an efficient way as well. So it's kind of a long winded answer, but you know, it's, it's kind of, I look back uh, at my career and, you know, I, I wouldn't change a thing. There are 
definitely were times when, you know, when I was starting out with culinary agents and I was like, what did I just do? <laughs> um, my grandma was like scolding me from Taiwan uh, and she didn't even really know like what it was to be like a startup, but she did know IBM, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so what would you say were some of the most challenging aspects of starting out culinary agents? And I know that the hospitality industry is not always the most tech forward. So introducing this new um, platform to them where like typically they use like a Craigslist or something. How was that? How was getting people to adopt it and kind of launching the platform? Yeah, I, th I think there are a couple of challenges and I think challenges for startups in general evolve over you know time. And of course, depending on what stage your company's in. Um, when we were starting, so I was, I had started to develop and, and design and build um, the uh, the wireframes and actually a working, you know, MVP, a minimal viable product, um, and had clients using it uh, while I was still um, full-time at IBM. So my nights and weekends were dedicated to like building this. I would, you know, host little powwow sessions on Sundays at my house where I would cook for chefs and I'd be like, okay, in return, I need your feedback on like, are these the right skills? Like, does this make sense? And, you know, I would plop them in the jokes, like I would plop them in front of a computer before we ate. And I'd be like, hey, can you just get from point A to point B? Like, I wanted to see how they navigated through. And, um, you know, one of the challenges, quite frankly, is I'm not an engineer by trade. So initially the biggest one of the biggest hurdles was um i'm not an engineer so i had worked with many and uh, i was always on the business and, and architecture and, and product side but i didn't know how to actually code and build and fix and you know i could tell you what i wanted it to do and what i thought was wrong but i couldn't actually fix it um and so, you know, finding the right folks and building the right team to support in the beginning was um, was definitely kind of the first most important, you know, feat. Um, and then, of course, once I 100%, you know, quit my quit my job, cashed out my 401k, and went all in, mm -hmm. um, you know, I I had to quickly get the business to a point um, where I could fundraise um, and I could. Uh, you know, prove to a venture capitalist or an investor that this was a huge opportunity, there's a need for it, and I'm the right person with my team to accomplish this. Um, and it's tough. I mean, fundraising is difficult in general. <laughs> you know, you, you, you see the success stories and you hear about, you know, so-and-so company raised X amount of million dollars, but, you know, you rarely see, you know, how many no's that company had to get through in order to get the yes, or all of the folks that weren't able to raise money, um, and you know, what they had to do instead. So, um, yeah. And then from there, you know, you, you kind of have your roller coaster of different challenges and problems that you kind of, um, work through. Yeah. Yeah. Were there ever moments of doubt or were you pretty confident the whole time that you were, you know, you had found this problem and you were the solution for it. Um, I know it's going to sound kind of cliche, but um, no doubts. Um, definitely times where there's, you know, different levels of frustration. Um, so you have to like recalibrate yourself because, you know, when you're so, when you have so much conviction um, and there's a balance when you have so much conviction and you are trying and trying in every direction, which way, and people are saying no, or they're kind of poke holes to learn from those. You reach a point where you have to self-reflect and say, okay, what is 
the market telling me? What is the feedback from investors? What are you know my teammates telling me? And does this make sense, right? Um, and you know, for me, you have to, and for anyone, I think, um, you have to be able to latch onto something to back up that confidence and drive, um, because I don't necessarily think, and, I, and I've seen this, um, I, I don't necessarily think driving down a path that really isn't right and all the signs are showing, you know, um, there's destruction to that as well, right? Because um, you can waste a lot of time, you can waste a lot of money. Um, and so there's a balance of the feedback that I was getting from customers in the industry, which to me was the most important kind of, you know, litmus test of like whether I should really continue to pursue. Um, that was like, unwavering um and the the folks who were supporting me were you know of the caliber you know union square hospitality group with danny myers um team um you know thomas keller restaurant group and um jean george and um just folks who clearly were like this is something different we need it we agree with your approach um and we want to um use it right and and that's I will say, you know, is also important. I think one of the things that I was very adamant about is even with a technology and business approach, I really understood and tried to continue to understand the challenges that the industry was facing. So from a realistic, empathetic standpoint, you know, technology, you know, a lot of times, especially at the time that I was coming into the, the mix, technology companies weren't necessarily knocking on the doors of restaurants and saying, how can I help you? They were like, hey, I have this new thing that you can sign up for and I might give you, bring guests to you, but then I take 50% of, you know, whatever they pay and then I have the full control to undercut you um, and discount it at 100%. You know, it was kind of like, you know, and, you know, the restaurant industry and the food industry in general, like, these are the hardest working, you know, no free time. And a lot of times with, the the smaller restaurants you know they don't have like an hr and operations team or a separate team sometimes it's the manager or the owner or the chef or whoever who is like you know making decisions like using the tools you know doing the spreadsheets or whatever and they simply just don't have time to like learn about a new app and you know a new whiz bang thing that somebody's trying to sell them yeah yeah definitely and um, you kind of started to speak to this, but obviously the industry is changing um, in many ways, given 2020 and the pandemic. And I'm sure you've seen some major shifts throughout the eight years as well. Um, where, how do you see the industry shifting as a result of the pandemic? And like, how do you see culinary agents kind of responding to that and shifting in response to the changing needs of the industry? You know, I think what, 2020 did um, with the industry for you know those who haven't kept up um, it's really hit the industry hard harder than others um, and it's been you know pretty heartbreaking to see uh, across the board but I've definitely experienced and I, I work with uh, you know our community on the opportunities that will come from that right? um, in certain ways you know if you want to just focus on the positives you know, a lot of what happened forced businesses to adopt technology differently, maybe yeah. experiment with or adopt uh, new technology that they were either, you know, putting off or just wasn't priority. Um, it really also from an HR standpoint, um, I know it'll affect how businesses um, look at restaffing their teams. 
um, uh, also from a um, from a talent standpoint and a job seeking standpoint, you know, not only will I think there be more opportunities and unique opportunities for people in you know different areas outside of major metro areas. Um, it's really uh, you know, I think I think it, you'll see a lot of people approach their own career paths differently and look look for and evaluate opportunities differently as well. Um, for us, uh, I think in general, you know, our core is still job marketing, applicant management, and helping talent with um, finding jobs and managing their, um, you know, their their profiles, resumes, and, and you know, just helping them. We have a whole resource section that gives them, you know, hints and tips, skills, mentorship, advice. Um, and our technology is unique in such where, um, based upon what people are doing on our site, what jobs they're applying to, what they're saving, we actually intelligently tee up other opportunities they might be interested in in the area, um, unique content that might help them, um, you know, skills in that particular area that they were trying to apply for. And we're going to continue to focus on developing that platform even further. So leveraging our data and technology to help talent with not only you know understanding and discovering opportunities, but then also um, identifying skills gaps uh, and connecting them to resources to help them fill those skill gaps based on what they want to do, right? And so as things evolve, as businesses are kind of restructuring their thinking around their teams, um, what skills, what positions they might have, and what skills they might be looking for within that, um, you know, we're uh, you know balancing out and helping talent figure out how they can make sure that they're getting the right opportunities and quite frankly quite frankly understanding what they need to do in order to get the opportunity that they want right because that level of transparency i think doesn't really exist that often in, in, in this industry um partially because people are just so busy um but partially because they're really um aren't that many um tools and, and standards to help people understand right if you know are the requirements for a line cook in a fine dining restaurant the same as the requirements to be a line cook, you know, at a casual restaurant? You know, what are the nuances and differences? Like, what what does one look for more than the other? Um, and all these kind of, and you break it down to what's different now versus before, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's amazing. I mean, I think that I guess one of the problems Elena and I have been seeing are like there are so many jobs in the food and beverage industry, like how can we as like the next generation navigate that space and figure out exactly what we want to do or like what resources are there to help us figure out like, oh, like food media, there are all these jobs that exist or you don't necessarily have to work inside a restaurant to work in the food and beverage space. Yeah, I think, I think, you know, folks now uh, and all of all of you passionate uh, wonderful people that are coming you know into the uh, different parts of the workforce um, you have more tools and information uh, accessible than ever before right and and I think one of the things that I always say like regardless of, of you know we'll, we'll talk about this industry specifically but if you just take a step back and you know apply some of the okay well if you were 
if you were going to look for, you know, I don't know, name something that you want, like a, like a, like a sweater, <laughs> you know, how would you go about it, right? You research and, and this, that, and the other. So jobs in, in business is the same. I think um, having a good understanding of the area that you were interested in pursuing, whether it be media, technology, you know, um, if you do want to work in a restaurant or for a restaurant group or for a food service company, um, and then from there, narrowing it down even further. Um, definitely getting familiar with different types of jobs and descriptions. Um, I think one of the challenges in an industry that doesn't really have a lot of standards is that people have, people kind of make up their own titles, right? Um, and and that, that can be said also for the startup world, although there are, you know, um, there are uh, <laughs> a little bit more, you know, obvious buckets, but, um, you know, in the industry, sometimes, um, sometimes businesses in this space, you know, they don't know what they're looking for necessarily. Um, and, you know, they try to write these um, job descriptions and then match it to, you know, a title or vice versa, right? So I think doing ample research on, you know, yes, there are these, these job opportunities, but really look at the, just the requirements and the description and like uh, the role um, and try to extract, you know, the things that, really interest you. Um, I think simultaneously and in parallel, um, you have to look at the companies as well. Employer brands are so important. I think your generation, you know, does this naturally where it's like you don't want to just work anywhere or for anyone. Um, I think, you know, what's really telling, most likely when you look further into the company and you read about them, you know, assuming that they have some sort of information on, on the internet that, that's accessible. Um, you know, you learn a little bit more about, about them and, you know, what, what they, um, what they do, what they stand for, what their culture is, who else works there, what are they doing that's interesting. And, um, I think it's important to do that level of, you know, narrow down the types of jobs that you want, but what are the types of companies you want to work for and which companies specifically do you want to work for and why? Right. And it's not necessarily a bad thing to want to spend some time at a large company. Right. You know, I know a lot of people are like, well, I want to, you know, and they have this like awesome entrepreneurial spirit and they just want to go start their own thing or they want to go do this and that. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. But there's also nothing wrong with going off and working at a company and having some structure for a little bit and learning. Um, and then, like I said before, taking that into, you know, your, your next, um, uh, your next experience. Um, and so you've given lots of great advice for our listeners throughout this episode, but uh, we did just want to ask if there's any, any other advice you have for students or aspiring entrepreneurs. Um, so both for, I guess, aspiring entrepreneurs and then also for people specifically interested in entering uh, the food and hospitality space and in kind of navigating that entry and figuring out where they fit in. I'm going to start with the latter half of that first, specific to the industry. Um, I think it's really important for those who are, you know, who love this industry, who want to do something in this industry, to also spend time really understanding the industry. Some of the challenges, um, you know, the, the, the ugly, not so, you know, not so fun parts of it, um, because that, that I think ultimately will also help um, somebody potentially define what they want to do uh, in the industry. Um, but then also, even, even if that just adds to kind of, 
you know, confirming what they wanted to do, um, it still really brings uh, a needed perspective uh, in general. Um, I think uh, a lot of times people love food and they love food and, and that's, that's great. There's nothing wrong with that. Um, uh, but, you know, the, the consumer food world is, um, you know, slightly different than the working, is very different than the working food world. Um, and I think somebody who's, who's spends time to understand and respect the working food world, um, I think that will really help them with their perspective as they're pursuing their careers in the industry. Um, and then I'm sorry, what was the other question? Uh, a general advice? <laughs> uh, for aspiring entrepreneurs. Um, there's never a good time. Uh, you know, I kinda, I reached a point um, where it was now or never. Um, I had been thinking about it. I was spending all my free time on it. Um, and I reached a point in my career, like I said, where, you know, One Direction would have committed me for uh, many more years. And, you know, to me, uh, I, I didn't want to waste any more time. Um, and, uh, you know, it didn't hurt that I, um, I left on very good terms. And if just in case something didn't go the way that I planned, uh, most likely I probably would have gone back. Um, but uh, so it's so it's good to keep your options open. <laughs> um, but once you you know once you pursue and you go for it, you know go for it and um, surround yourself with um, people you trust and smart people who will be really honest with you. Um, always you know listen and develop relationships with your customers. You know take feedback seriously. Move and, and operate as quickly as, as possible, especially in the early. Um, early years um, and try to focus. I think it's really easy to get distracted, especially in the beginning and you're seeing like, you know, uh, you know, announcement on somebody raising funding or, you know, your investor or your friend sends you an article about like a competitor, you know, um, and you get that same article from like 20 people. <laughs> um, you know, it's very, it is extremely um, challenging to, uh, to start a company from scratch, especially if you don't have experience in it. And you really do have to have, um, you know, thick skin and drive and conviction. And, you know, if you know what's right and the signs are pointing in that direction um, and, and you have the attitude where you are willing to, you know, take the feedback and accept that things need to change if, you know, the original vision or the direction was, you know, not right. and um, it's less painful to change quicker when you're smaller and you're more nimble than it is much later. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and so our last segment is called the quick fire tasting menu. It's going to be a speed round. Um, so just kind of throw out the first thing that comes to mind. What's one kitchen tool that you can't live without? I'm so bad at this. Um, my microplane. <laughs> That's a good one. Um, what's your favorite midnight snack? Oh, I don't have one. Um, uh, uh, I don't know. Chocolate. What's your favorite takeout option? Sushi. What's one must-have item in your fridge? Oh, hot sauce. And finally, who's someone that you want to give a shout out to or who you think is doing um, some excellent work in the food space? Um, my team. Is that cheating? Um, nope, that works. 2020 was really difficult for everyone. And, you know, I, I continue to be amazed and super appreciative of uh, my team who 
really continue to, to work hard and go above and beyond despite, you know, everything else around them. Yeah. Yeah. No, they've been doing, you guys have been doing amazing work. So, um, and it was so great to chat with you and hear about kind of your story and the story of culinary agents. And I think, um, yeah, just given everything that's going on with, with the restaurant industry, you guys are in such a unique position to kind of, yeah, continue aiding, aiding that industry in a way that's really meaningful. Well, thank you. This is really fun. <laughs> I got to work on my quick fire skills. Sorry about that. You know, I'm, I'm not going to be there. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Alice, for taking the time to be on Gourmand. We really enjoyed our conversation and it was such a blast having you on the show. Likewise. Thank you. That's a wrap on our conversation with Alice Chung from Culinary Agents. Check out Alice on Instagram at alicechung411 or Culinary Agents on Instagram at culinaryagents or culinaryagents.com. If you like the show, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We're also running a recipe contest all February long for the chance to win a Raka Chocolate Baking Necessities Kit. For rules and how to enter, check out Gourmand on Instagram at Gourmand Community. I'm Elena Cho. And I'm Maggie Tang. And this is Gourmand.